day the earth stood still But he told us where we stand And Flash Gordon was there in silver underwear Claude Rains was the invisible man Then something went wrong for Fay Ray and King Kong They got caught in a celluloid jam Then at a deadly pace It came from outer space This is how the message ran
the close family. inseparable since you met in Dr. Scott's refresher course. Well, to tell you the truth, Brad, that was the only reason I showed up in the first place. <laughs> I mean... Okay, you guys, this is it! Oh, looks like Betty's gonna throw a bouquet. See you, Brad.
I would like to take you on a strange journey. Dr. Everett Scott. It's true. There were dark shades. Describe your ball. Heavy, black, and pendulous. Is it true you're also gay? It's true also. But the spare tire they were carrying was badly in need of some air. No being normal kids on a night out. Well, they were not going to let a storm spoil the events of their evening. Certainly not. On a night out. It was a night out. They were going to remember for a very long time. before my term is completed is abhorrent to every instinct in my body. You call that a body? But as president, you call that I must put the interests of America first. What does America need? America needs a full-time president. What else? And a full-time Congress. Particularly at this time, the problems we face are Gosh, that's the third motorcycle that's passed us. Sure do take their lives in their hands, but with the weather. Yes, Janet, life's pretty cheap to that type. Yes, that's right. Absorb the time and attention of both the president and the Congress. What's the matter, Rathalie? Hmm, we must have taken the wrong fork a few miles back. But then where did that motorcycle come from? Well, I guess we'll just have to turn back. What was the bang? It must have been a blowout. Damn it! I knew I should have gotten that spare tire fixed. Well, you just stay here and keep warm, and I'll go for help. Where will you go? We're in the middle of nowhere. The great issues of peace abroad and prosperity. Didn't we pass a castle back down the road a few months? Maybe they have a telephone I could use. I'm going with you. Oh, no, darling, there's no sense in both of us getting wet. I'm coming with you. Besides, darling, the owner of that phone might be a beautiful woman, and you might never come back again.
Janet, and that they had found the assistance that their plight required. Are you sure? Or had they? Brad, let's go back. I'm cold and I'm frightened. Just a moment, Janet. They may have a phone. My name's Brad Majors. Asshole. This is my fiance, Janet Weiss. Weiss. I wonder if you might help us. You see, our car broke down a few miles up the road. Is your phone we might use? You're awake. Yes. It's raining. Yes. Yes. I think perhaps you better both come inside. You're too kind. some kind of hunting lodge for rich weirdos. Smoke the 
to the left. With your hands on your hips.
in here with nothing to worry about. You're both pretty groovy. Or if you want something visual that's not too abysmal, we could take in an old Steve Reeves movie. I'm glad we caught you at home. Could we use your phone? We're both in a bit of a hurry. We'll just say where we are, then go back to the car. to meet you, Dr. We don't want to be anywhere. Well, you got caught with a flat world. How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem all right. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. I'm just a sweet transvestite. you stay for the night or maybe a bite i could show you my favorite obsession i've been making a man with blonde hair and a tan and he's good for relieving my tension i'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual transylvania Janet Weiss? Weiss! Hey, Brad! 
people would give their right arm for the privilege. People like you, maybe? not yet married, nor do I think he ever will be. We are simply his servants. Underclothes you both have. But here, put these on. They'll make you feel less uh, vulnerable. <laughs> it's not often we receive visitors here, let alone offer them hospitality. Hospitality? All we wanted to do was to use your telephone, goddammit, a reasonable request which you've chosen to ignore. Not only ungrateful. Ungrateful? Perfect specimen of manhood. So dominant. You must be awfully proud of him, Jane. Are you a slut? Yes, I am. <laughs> Do you have any tattoos, Brad? Certainly not. Oh, well. How about you? Everything is in readiness, Master. We merely await your word. My unconventional conventionalists. <laughs> you are to witness a new breakthrough in biochemical research. And paradox is to be mad. It was strange the way it had happened. And that's how I discovered the secret that you see. 
his chest, arms and legs. Such an effort, if he only knew of my plan in just seven days, I can make you a man.
won from the vaults.
I'm afraid so, Janet. But isn't it nice? Oh, oh, you beast! You monster! Oh, what have you done with Brad? But it isn't all bad, is it? You really find it quite pleasurable. Oh, oh. oh. So. stop! I mean, help! Oh, Dad, this sleep on now? Do you want him to see you like this? Oh, I miss like that! Oh, just so you to blame!
and his chains and vanish, the new playmate is loose and somewhere in the castle grounds. Magenta has just released the dogs. Hmm? Oh. Come in! What's happening here? Where's Brad? Where's anybody? <laughs> or disturbance of mind, vehement or excited mental state. It is also a powerful and irrational master. And from what Magenta and Columbia eagerly viewed on their television monitor, there seemed little doubt that Janet was indeed its slave. Tell us about it, Janet.
was part of your plan, was it not? That he and his female should check the layout of Well, unfortunately for you all, the plans are to be changed. I have no doubt you will, Dr. Scott. I have bread. I can assure you that Brad's presence here comes as a complete surprise. I came here to find Eddie. Eddie? I've seen him! What do you know of Eddie, Doctor? I happen to know a great deal about a lot of things. You see, Eddie happens to be my nephew. <gasps> Eddie. Eddie? 
decided that Brad and Janet should keep that appointment with their friend, Dr. Everett Scott. But it was to be in a situation which none of them could have possibly foreseen. And just a few hours after announcing their engagement, Brad and Janet had both tasted forbidden fruit. This in itself was proof that their host was a man of little morals some persuasion. What further indignities were there to be And what of the floor show? Hey, floor show! Where do you masturbate? In an empty house. When do you masturbate? In the middle of the night. The rates are cheaper. What diabolical plan had seized Frank's crazed imagination? Yeah, From what had gone before, it was clear that this was to be no picnic. Come over me. Whoa! 
draped frame as it clung to her thigh how I started to cry cause I wanted to be dressed just the same give yourself over to absolute Waters of sins of the flesh, erotic nightmares beyond any measure, and sensual daydreams to treasure forever. Can't you just see? Will be lived 
also presumptuous of you. You see, when I said we were to return to Transylvania, I referred only to Magenta and myself. I'm sorry, however, if you found my words misleading. But you see, you were to remain here in spirit anyway. Great heavens, that's a laser. Yes, Dr. Scott. A laser capable of emitting a beam of pure antimatter. So's my pots. You mean you're going to kill him? What's his crock? He saw the behavior, Eddie. Society must be protected. Society! And now, Frank and Furter, your time has come. Say goodbye to all of this. Goodbye all of this. And hello. Hello. To oblivion. We are about to beam the entire house back to the planet of transsexual in the galaxy of Transylvania. 
beautiful sister. And soon we shall return to the moon-drenched shores of our beloved planet. We transsexual land of night. Sing and dance once more to your dark.
www.ghostbusters.sf coming at you from 278 121st Street and Florida Street. We don't have Uncle Q tonight. We're going to be having an interview with Storied SF. Jeff's going to be here. We're going to take some pictures and we're going to have a little interview. I'm very excited. We're double dipping on a podcast, two podcasts recording at one time with Storied SF, so coming up in the next hour. Then at 6 o'clock, we have Joke Workshop here every Monday at 6 o'clock. 18 comedians, the first eight all get four-minute sets and four minutes of comments by their comic peers. And then it's just an open mic with four minutes after that. But everybody's really nice and pays attention, and that is Joke Workshop at 6 o'clock every Monday. You can sign up to friend Facebook. Like us on Mutiny Radio. Facebook, like our Instagram, Mutiny Radio SF. Give us money on our Venmo at Mutiny Radio. That would be great. <laughs> and uh, listen to some more music. This is an old morning train by J.D. Buell. He's no longer with us on this mortal coil, but we still get to listen to his musical choices, his DJ wonderment. Miss him very much. And uh, that's the morning train with J.D. Buell. Oh, no, I've said too much. Maybe I haven't said enough. Thought that I heard you laughing. Thought that I heard you sing. But I think I thought I saw you. That was just a Was just a dream. Jackie Naylor's version of Losing My Religion from the album The Color 5, which was released in 2006. Before Jackie, the Isley Brothers, a track found on Forever Gold, released in 1977, their version of Todd Rundgren's Hello, It's Me. Before that, Gene Chandler and one of my numerous theme songs, The Duke of Earl. Number one single in 1962, and also topping the charts at number one in 1956, Elvis Presley, with I Want You, I Need You, I Love You. Speaking of Elvis, dig this.
party that was at the county jail. The Jeff Beck group from the album Beckola, on which the 
performed two Elvis Presley songs. We heard Jailhouse Rock. They also do All Shook Up on there. Ron Wood on bass, Nicky Hopkins piano, Tony Newman drums, Jeff Beck on guitar, of course, and vocals extraordinaire, Rod Stewart. Also on some extraordinary vocals, Eric Burden, 1966, with the debut of the group known as Eric Burden and the Animals, on British radio, doing Heartbreak Hotel. Let's go down to Texas now and hear Rosemarie from 1966. You're listening to Mutiny Radio.fm in .sf, and I am here right now with Storied SF and Jeff. Yeah. Jeff, Jeff of Storied SF. Hi. Am I on here? You are I'm on. I'm not hearing myself. Yeah. You have to be a pretty close to the mic. Oh, okay. There, there you are. go. Yeah. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Hi, and Pam. you can always turn your volume up a little bit more if you okay. like. Okay. And hi. Thanks so much for being here on Mutiny Radio. I'm super excited. Storied SF, another podcast, local podcast. Yes. Doing stories about... Inter- I'm like, I'm interesting enough to do a story about, yay! Oh, yes, you are, absolutely. <laughs> uh, uh, thank you f- for having us. Um, this is also a-, a little bit different than what we normally do. We're not always in the studio. Like, we bring the studio to wherever it is. Um, should I introduce our project? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so um, I- when I say our, um, the Story San Francisco is Michelle Kilfeather sitting here to my left and myself i'm jeff hunt and uh i i guess i'm like the the audio person and she's the visual we're an audio visual um she does photographs i do the podcast part so um we started about four years ago and our sort of impetus or the inspiration to to do this was that you know we have both been here at this point 20 plus years um but we found ourselves four f- years ago or so complaining, doing that thing that we all do, like drinking ourselves to death and be like, fuck this city and what's happening. 
but no, it's like, no, but we also love this place and want to turn that into something positive where we celebrate the people who are still here and still doing good stuff. R.I.P. Hemlock. R.I.P. I mean, do, do you want to just do an hour of R.I.P.? Yeah, we can do that, right? right? Like every every small art gallery, every small business in San Francisco right now, all the cool things. It was like, where'd they go? Yeah. All the empty storefronts. It's scary. And then Lauren. everyone moved here because they were like, it's so cool. But then all the artists have to move because they can't afford it. It's like, oh, what do we do? Yeah. And like La Rondaya became a salad joint like is that is there anything more yeah. telling than that salad lounge yeah um, what does that even mean but no it's you know uh i i think it's it's like it, it, it it's specific to what to what we do but it's also i think a, a a general way to live life is like are you gonna turn the negative into something positive and try to learn from it and i, I mean i have to say like, like going back even pre-pandemic <laughs> the joy of this project that we're doing because we're a weekly podcast we're doing 49 episodes a year so we're just constantly out there meeting and getting the life stories and really getting to know and share the stories of amazing people Yay! um through the through the pandemic though i mean that's it's like that's t- taken up a notch because everyone is trapped inside right. and not being social and not maybe not meeting new people. Although for so. creativity, I think for artists, it's been a boon because how right. many songwriters wrote a whole new album? How right. many people I think Taylor wrote Swift did like five, right? right? So <laughs> yeah. people have been super creative. Artists right. had time to paint. People had time to write. I think a lot of people just watched a lot of Netflix. But right. there have been people creating projects because they had the time to finally do it, right. which is exciting. And no lack of uh, uh, inspiration. Right. Um, <laughs> So the world's falling apart. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's, I guess that's what we do. We have a different theme every season for each 49 episodes. And, and this season we're about, um, I think 13, a dozen or so episodes in our theme this season is we're still here. <laughs> uh, we did launch in this year. Um, so speaking to a lot of things, but the exodus or texodus as I've, I've heard it referred to is like, no, uh, a lot of people did leave by choice. A lot of people were forced to leave, unfortunately. Um, but we're still here. There's still a city. And and I think um, for Michelle and myself, it's like there's a – and a lot of folks out there, I believe. Um, there's a chance to, to make a better city moving forward. Right? Yeah. Because if we're building – once things are broken, we can rebuild. Yeah. So now's the time. Yeah. I just was surprised that the questionably housed stayed like the same. Yeah. I, I live in the Tenderloin, so yeah. pretty much nothing changed. Right. And I thought like with all of the people moving out, couldn't we have found homes for the 10,000 questionably housed people? And no, that didn't – nothing – that didn't change. And with literally <laughs> the biggest building or was for a minute on the West Coast, like that's just now empty. Right, <laughs> You're right. Like, and, and I guess it has art on the top. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, um, definitely not – not ignoring like all the problems that are still here um, and all the people who are suffering uh, at all. Um, But I think that's perhaps, you know, I'm not pretending I have any of the answers that Michelle has any of the answers or any one person has the answers, but there's a chance to build a better city, um, a more equitable city, a fair city, a loving, respectful. I mean, look around. Like the one thing I feel like almost everyone we've had on the show and we ask, you know, like, what is it that drew you to San Francisco if you weren't, if you aren't from here originally? It's like, it's just beautiful. And That's it's true. got, it's got this history of magic. And it's like, 
yeah. Yeah, poetry, everything, that whole. So what brought me to San Francisco eventually, I mean, as a child, I used to come in on the weekends and stuff, and it was very exciting. And my dad used to work in the city at the newspaper agency, which was the Chronicle Examiner, and, and so he was right there on Fifth Street. Mm -hmm. And I'd come in as a kid, and I just thought it was so exciting. Yeah. Uh, but then as an adult, I got into graduate school, finally. So I came here 13 years ago to go to San Francisco State and yes. get some master's degrees. Common thread on our show. Right. There's a lot of, it all goes back to SF State. I love it. I went there too. Oh, yeah. well, and I loved, so that was the thing about SF State. I wanted to get a master's in writing, but I didn't want to just, I lived in San Diego at the time, and okay. I wanted to go to the best school that I could in California, and it's for writing. It's San Francisco State. So right. I came up here, got a couple of master's degrees, and I was I, never going to leave. Right. Yeah. And then I started comedy, and then, and I, right when I moved here, I started doing radio when it was Pirate Cat here mm -hmm, in this mm -hmm. building now, which is Mutiny. So I've been with this particular building since 2008. So, I mean, I love, I never want to leave San Francisco. I love it so much. Yes. <laughs> like, what can I do to stay? I love it here forever. Do you ever have that feeling? You're like, I might be the last one. <laughs> <laughs> that still loves it? No, I think there's, well, it's exciting. No, that the last one left. <laughs> oh, right. Well, I always knew I'd thrive in the apocalypse. I kind of feel yeah. like, I am legend. I will stay here. I will, I will the, eat pigeons. The world <laughs> caught up with fun. you. <laughs> well, I, I always thought I wanted to call it, you know, the pandemic. I was like, this is oh, great. Yeah. I'm. I've always I've been kind of waiting for the the pandemic to yeah. happen, and it it was fine. It was, yeah. I mean I was always poor, so everyone else came down to my level. I was like, yeah. <laughs> now we're all in the same, same place. But I grew up. Um, I was born in Livermore, so I'm a Livermore on um, 1974, quite some time ago, and um, I've never lived outside of California. Okay. And I, I just don't. I lived. You know, I lived in San Diego for a while. I lived in Davis for a while, but I came back to the Bay Area because I love it here. Even yeah. my family disappeared. I just now, like, oh. this is my not like disappeared. They just moved. You know, like they left the Bay Area. And yeah. So they they went far flung. But I'm never I'm never leaving. So in sense of your family, you are the last one. I'm the last here. one. Yeah. Sure. Um, okay. Yeah. Can, can we make this about you now? Sure. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that's that's what we I do. I hate talking about myself. I never yeah. do that on stage. But you are no. the the subject matter expert of your life story. That's, Am I that's right? true. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Do you know how your parents ended up around here, or like? Yeah. Um. They both worked in the city, and they had moved here. Uh, my father grew up in Redwood City. And my mother grew up in Illinois, and okay. then she moved to San Francisco to work. And I guess she met my father in a in an elevator on Leavenworth Street. I like okay. like in a in an apartment building. Right. We were going. He was going to someone's house, and she was in. The, she had her apartment there, and it was on like Leavenworth and Post or something. And they met in the elevator, I guess. Love in an elevator. Yeah, love in an elevator in like nineteen. 60 something, nine or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's an interesting time to come to San Francisco for work. Right. Am I right? Like, yeah. Not a lot of people's reasons to come here then. But they were not hippies in right. by any stretch of the Sounds imagination. Like they, weren't. they were No, they are not at all. They were like, I don't know what I don't know what they were, but they're definitely they're very Republican now. So I don't know yeah. what they were then, but okay. they're not they definitely are not hippies, not call me pinko liberals like me. Right. But they met here and then Decided to get married and moved to the East Bay and can we know, say bought where? a house. Yeah. Um, so I guess first they lived in Pleasanton and then they lived in 
Then they moved to Danville. I grew up in Danville. Okay. Oh, my God, soul-sucking wasteland of Lexuses. Yes. But I know it was like poor little rich girl. I was So I was raised in Danville, which is a terribly wealthy place. Mm-hmm. And But everyone else was so much richer than me that I thought we, we were poor. Right. So I didn't understand – I just didn't understand <laughs> that everyone was rich. And I was like, ooh, I only got a Hyundai for my birthday. <laughs> I didn't get a BMW or a Mustang like everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> like, I got a new car. What am I complaining about? Was it racially diverse? <laughs> we, had, we had four. Okay, so we had four African-American students in my class. One of them was Randy Wynn, who went on oh, to play 